Welcome to KGXT, Gen X Talks podcast live from Central California. Making plans with the boys. I'm going to hit the town. Yeah, I'm going to make some noise. I'll push past the pain and my wounded pride. I'm going to live it up. Yeah, I'll stay here all night. But sure, I've had some better times. And I can't count all the tears I've cried. If what? you don't start this podcast in one minute, you're buying me lunch. I'm trying to. It's just that I press the button and it says test widget. To do well, today, then princess. stop your talking and let's get I'm going. I'm trying. I know. I know, listen. I know you want to do this. I know you're not. I, I'm trying. Okay, just be patient with me. I'm not the yeah, smartest. Yeah, you're trying guy. my patience. That's what you're doing. Okay, you're stealing my material now. You're gonna have to get your own stuff. All right. What the, do you do the? It says it's going. It's it's. it's All right. Well, then do the intro. Welcome to KGXT Podcasting from the KGXT... St- Wait a minute, that's not right. It's Welcome oh. to Gen X Talks Podcasting at the KGXT Studios, broadcasting 200 feet below occupied California. What was that for? Oh, nothing. What'd you do that for? I did it right. I said it right. It's good. It's solid. Okay, so we're, we're going. We're rolling. Do we have a sponsor? Yeah, but I'm really struggling with that. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. She's doing her job. She's doing a great job. I will insert MarcyZavala.com's thing. I, I've re-recorded it a couple times. I cannot seem to get it right. And I'm, I'm trying. It just okay, well, wing it right now. Just do it. No, I, I, it's, 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 I, I don't even, I don't have any of the numbers in front of me. I'm trying to convey the message for, for her, like, legit, like, not even an advertising but like to say, you know, Marcy Zavala, she gets rid of pain. I mean, because just the, just do the basics. The greatest testimony is you. I understand that, but you can do this. I'll I'll play an intro. I'll insert I'll insert a commercial. But just so you know, I'm trying to get it correct, and it's I I'm tr- struggling with. I don't know how to make her sound as good as she's being. It's hard. It's not easy to to write a commercial where you're like, hey. Do you know how much less pain your wife is in? Yeah. And it's due to her. I know. I know. I'm trying and I'm I'm trying to convey So what's her website? Just give it Marcizavala.com. up. There we go. Let's the, start with there. The whole thing was was that I wouldn't even have been on board with this, except you have had ten years of sleepless nights and terrible pain. And in four to five months, she has made such a difference in your life. I'm on board. I would I'll, I'll advertise for free for her for what she's done for you. But then when you ha- that sounds good until you actually have to put it into words, and then I sound like a, a baboon. <laughs> I'm like oh I'm fumbling gosh. everything. So I will insert a good advertisement for her. Her system's way up here. Your commercial is way down here. And just so you know, and, and people listening can't see what you're doing, but you putting your hand way up there. I get it. I'll do it. Help I, me. Help you. Help me. <laughs> She's doing a great job. She's even helping out um, Mrs. Sun Valley Fox. We can say that. Yes. I won't say the names of, of the we, people that we, have followed. Uh, yes, there's a few on the bottom of the Glass Nation that have reached out to her. That have signed on with her, and, and they're uh, seeing results now. Yes, yes. So that's, it's not a it's not a And gimmick. it's not an overnight thing. I want no. people to know it's not an overnight trick. This is months of... Um, following some rules and yeah, some it, guidelines and some changes, but, but I, it's not it's not a program either. She doesn't mail you a pamphlet and go follow this. No, and you're not in trouble. <laughs> she gives you guidelines, <laughs> but if you follow it, like I have self induced myself into pain. Yeah, I so have done funny. that. You come up. They were staying here. Uh, Marcy and her husband, Doctor McDream, were staying here for a few days, and you you had one of the worst nights yeah, ever. Yeah, while they're here, and while they're here, you woke up and go, "Don't tell on me." I, go, I said, do don't mean? tell on me. But then I said, I told them cheated. both. You I did. <laughs> I cheated because it was the holidays and it was the pain was self-inflicted. So you, did. you woke up in the morning. I thought you were going to say, OK, help me out of bed. Let's help me get dressed. Your first no. words were, don't, don't, tell. don't tell them what I did. I'm like, what did you do? You're like, But that's one thing about Marcy that's real is she'll tell you that happens to her, too. She's yeah. she's a patient as well as the person yeah. trying to fix you. She's lived through some of the things that. I'm suffering from, and she's down to earth and says, you know what? 
I do the same well, thing. To be truthful, the the guidance, and I'm not, I am not personally signed on to her program. You are. Yes. Um, you know, Doctor McDreamy is my doctor, but that's she, a totally separate thing. She has sidelined said, "Here's what you should be doing to help some of your pain." And today, I know this is going to sound dumb. This morning. I almost made it all the way to the mailbox in our neighborhood. Yes, you did walking. Walking. It was and my, amazing. It, my hips were killing me, but I almost made it down there and back. And that's that's a ton of trips yeah. around the pool. This if is you would have been walking I, every day, you would have made it. I done it. Yeah. yeah, I know. So it's it is working. Even her yeah. guidance is working with me. So okay. it's it's cool. We need to have a little talk, you and me. What about what? The hair. Are we are we gonna cut that? Okay, I was thinking about that. Um, yeah, you've been thinking about that for a really long time. I have not shaved, trimmed my beard, or cut my hair. I've trimmed my beard a couple times, but basically overall, in over a year and a half or two years, I haven't done anything. I know. How about I will pick a milestone of weight loss, and I will cut my hair? Okay. I will trim up my... Um, not, first of all, none of the, none of the harem girls... None uh-huh. of my none of my online harem. Which Nobody I, knows who that is or what that is. The there's people. well, with Gen X talks, there was girls that women that tease me about you know being you know affectionate towards me. So I said, well, we well, should start a harem. You made a bunch of T-shirts, and girls bought the T-shirts that say I'm part of the general's harem. And that was mostly on YouTube, right? Yeah, it was on YouTube, but it was it was during live streams, and it was fun. I don't know, you sold twenty or thirty shirts, but now there's there's a little collective of women yes. that say I'm one of the general's harems girls. And there's right. there's pink shirts with black writing. There's black shirts with pink writing. They're kind of cool looking. Well, they do not want me to shave back to a goatee. Uh, Even though I could have the fattest goatee on the planet, they don't want that. I love your goatee. They also don't I married mind, you with that goatee. I know. They also don't mind the long hair, and you do. You do. I was the first one that shaved the beard into the goatee. You were. You you actually shaved me from my... I'd had my beard since I was 21. I know, and I shaved it down and to a goatee. And you shaved it down to a goat. Yeah, that was... Uh, I did. That was... I can't believe I let you do that. The things I let you, you do hot. to me... You were hot. You're hot now, but you, you were hotter. You were hot. <laughs> <laughs> you, was, you used to be so hot. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I'm charming still. That helps. Oh, man. Um, okay. It's uh, So I will do something. I will tell you what. It, my big fat ass, and just for those of you keeping score, if you have your weight loss scorecards out, the genxtalks.com at the bottom, there's a link to the fat guy page, and that's me. The fat guy page. It, fat and it literally page. says the it fat guy says, page. Yeah, it says the fat guy page. I uh, My next weigh-in is January 10th, but as of my last weigh-in on the 30th, I am down, I think, 18, 17 or 18 pounds. Yes. Yes, you and are. My peak was 455 pounds. I hovered around 435. I got COVID, and my weigh-in for weight loss was 430. And now I've lost 17 or 18 pounds. How about once I get to 399? Once I cross that okay. four bills, then I'll I'll clean up my face and my hair a little bit. Okay, for you. That that's good? a deal. All right, we got a deal. We so uh, this last weekend for New Year's Eve, we had Doctor McDreamy and his wife. Yeah, and we had Iceman at our house for yeah. New Year's Eve. <laughs> We had a blast. That was so, so much fun. For those of you that watch the live streams, you know we took a few days off. We hung out with our friends and yeah. our family, and uh, New Year's Eve was quite fun. Iceman, <laughs> I'm going to... Okay, we all disagree on how many beers, and he drinks expensive beer. He doesn't drink like Bud Light. He no, drinks, he takes uh, brew, uh, small brew houses, yeah. or what are they called? Um, IPAs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm going to say, I think I was keeping track, and I lost track around 30 beers that day. I'm not sure how many. He went through a 12-pack of what we had. Yeah. For sure. Oh, for sure. By, by, by noon, he was done with that one. So he's, I don't know. the funny part was, was that we're all sitting around, you know, it's getting later in the evening and, you know, the kid has his girlfriend, Addie over, you and I are playing Dr. McDreamy had yeah. his wife, Marcy, they're playing and there's Iceman. He kind of stuffs himself into the table <laughs> as a chair and he's drinking heavily and we're playing card games, different versions of card games. Yeah. And he got so drunk. He got, he looked at me or looked at you and he screamed. He goes, back off, yo. He I, said it to you. Back off, yo. And he slams a table. <laughs> I got a queen. And we're like, all right, that was funny. Now, uh, now we all quit betting because the queen was the card you were looking for. 
But the next hand, the next hand. He was giving himself away. Hand, he'd just go, back off, yo. And we'd all know to not bet against him because he had a good hand. I know. It didn't matter what game we switched to. We switched to the next game, and he's going... <laughs> Back off, yo. And then we all knew not to. He did it the whole night. I know he did. And, he and I he, I told him he was cut off. I go, you're done. He couldn't figure out off. why he was losing every game because I was like, dude, you, you keep saying back off, yo. Oh. You're announcing that you have a winning hand. You, you don't have a poker face at 30 beers. I know. So what happened at midnight? That was really funny when he yeah, did that. Yeah, he was know, really. We were all sitting around at midnight. Wasted. And of course, you know, the guns go off, the fireworks go off, the bells chime, stroke at midnight. And, you know, my wife, you would just happen to be standing next to me for something and you leaned over and gave me a kiss and you know the kid gave his girlfriend a kiss and uh, Dr. McDreamy leaned over and gave his wife a kiss. <laughs> and to poor Iceman. Iceman kissed his beer. <laughs> he, <kissed. laughs> he just looked over and he just, he looked at all of us kissing and he looked at his beer and he just gave a big old smooch to the side of his that was hilarious. I guess at that moment he was dating a dark beer because it was it was a <laughs> He was dating a dark beer for I, midnight. He had a date. But he cheated on her because I saw him with a different beer half an hour later. Oh, you moved on to the next girl. He that next available next... girl available after midnight. <laughs> That's what he did. So it was a fun oh night and Iceman was off the fucking rails and I posted on the members only site. There's a members only on um on Facebook. It's a page called the general's lunchbox and of course patreon is members only and youtube community section i did a i did a post the next morning you know we're all having breakfast and there i posted a couple pictures of all of us sitting there but the discussion was a deity versus a human oh that was a deep discussion for breakfast that was i couldn't believe we were oh talking my god about i'm that. just making breakfast going i'm staying out of this one i yeah, was like no that's a little and too deep are talking about well can an ant have a personal relationship with a human being or is that ant pretending it is because we're the ants and god is the human being and i'm like oh I well can. i kind of started that because um McDreamy's wife asked me if the Holy Spirit has a gender. And yeah, I you guys both came and asked me. Yes. So I was just doing a poll around the, yeah. you know, the kitchen to see. And so I had asked Iceman, I said, you know, I go, does uh, the Holy Spirit have a gender? And he goes, I think he said no. And that started the whole trail yeah, of what went yes. on. I said, yes, he does. Anyway, so that it was, was a, hilarious. That was a, and then I shut up. That was a 7 a.m. <laughs> conversation at breakfast. Everyone's still on their first cup of coffee. And these Way two deep. are mainly going at this conversation. That was really funny. It was but, deep. It was so deep. So I posted that with pictures on the, oh my on gosh. the website. You guys and then so after or right around lunchtime, we started the second half of the cancer podcast. Yeah, that I didn't realize... Well, we did. We can't give away anything. You're going to have to wait till I, it comes I won't, out. but um, the thing's over four hours long. I understand. There's going to have to be a, either a two-parter or a three-parter, but Something. it was an emotional roller coaster, and um, a lot of it I had to sit back and listen to because it had a lot to do with the two yeah. or three weeks that I was in a medically induced coma. This part, yeah, this part of the podcast, you know, you were at the, we did, we did part one like three weeks ago. Yeah. And you, I had to, I had to shut it down. I had to say we're stopping recording because you were so crying and emotional. We had to switch. We had to stop. Yeah. And this, this one was the same, but you did a lot of listening this time because this particular part of the story. I don't were, know what happened. You were, you were out. Yeah. And I had to stop in the middle of it. You, it, it stops. We had yeah. to stop. I had to get out for a little bit. I had to go get some fresh air and go to the bathroom and just get like out of the breathe. Studio. Yeah. Because it was, because it was a lot to absorb. And even after so many years, some new things came to light and well, it the, was a little shocking and the, it kind of rocked my soul. Yeah. The problem that I have, I never remember. I don't take into account when you're listening to this story, <laughs> this part of the story, that you were unconscious. Your life was hanging in the balance. People were making decisions. I was fighting for you to live. And I mean, it, it got to where the police were involved. It was all these things. And I keep forgetting, even though this story is very intense and there's miracles going on, I every now and then, as I'm telling the story, I look over and you're just a viewer. You're yeah, just, I'm just listening. You're a listener because you're like, I, yeah. I was unconscious. I didn't. You have no perspective on this story other than 
you're listening to what was happening to you. Yeah. I forget how, I don't even know how that must feel, but I forget to take that into consideration. It's kind of strange to, it, it doesn't seem like me. It's been so long that it's like, I sometimes feel like you're talking about somebody else. Right. Like, um, but it is scary. Sometimes it's very scary. I didn't realize how close I was to death. And the other thing, I think I've told you this before, is that if you would have let me go, I would not have been in any pain or, or whatever. No, it would have been I, very uh, peaceful. But um, yeah. it's it's kind of. It's it's weird to sit and listen to everybody talk about it. It really gonna is. Tell, I'm going to tell one part of the story that I told on a live stream without okay. giving all this away. There is, so I'll just preface it by at the, at this moment in the story, um, you were unconscious. You had coded. They had brought you back to life, uh-huh. and they were every doctor in in the ICU was telling me to let you go. Right. They said she can't. She needs a surgery. She'll be dead in 24 hours without a surgery. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's get a surgeon. They said, no. They said, give her pain meds and let her go. So in the middle of all this, and I'm, believe me, I'm condensing the I'm gonna story. I'm going to start crying again. <laughs> in the middle of all this, I had called Dr. McDreamy and called Damon and said, listen, they're all hovering around me right now. He said, what's going on? I said, she coded. She came back. That she needs a surgery or she's not going to make it. I told him what the surgery was. And he said get a surgeon, keep fighting, don't let them, don't let them let her go. So I hung up the phone, and remember, this is 10 years ago that this happened. I hung up the phone, told the doctors, this is what we're doing, and we can't, and then miracle after miracle after miracle. So when I tell the story of you coding, they came out of the, they came out of the room when they brought you back to life and said, we have used all the pressers we can to keep her alive. I didn't know what a presser was. Apparently, if I say adrenaline, I'm sure that's completely uh, inaccurate. But Dr. Madrini said to keep my blood pressure up. Yeah, it it when you when you when you when your blood pressure drops and your heart goes low, they give you a shot, and what, that's why I say adrenaline because that's kind of how it works yeah. is to bring you back up. But the doctor came out and said, "Listen, we've only got six. There's only six of them. There's six different kinds we can use." Once we've used them all, that's it. If her blood pressure drops, if her heart goes down again, we're done. It's over. We certainly can't open her up for surgery. So when I tell the story, I, I, I'm very clear. I say, well, she was, she coded, she died, they brought her back, they've used every presser that they can, and now they won't do the surgery. So when I called Dr. McDreamy at the time and told him that, he said, just you know, continue with the surgeon, get a surgeon, and let's go. The problem was... I was retelling the story in the kitchen a few days to go to his wife, Marcy, who didn't know the details, and I told her the same thing. I said, well, they, they used all the pressers to bring her back. They had no more pressers, and you know they were going to cut her open for surgery, and in, and in surgery, your vitals fall, and they, use, they have to use pressers in a surgery to bring you back. They can't do a surgery at that magnitude without having pressers to bring you up, yeah. and Dr. McDreamy stopped me in the kitchen. And said, whoa, 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 what, what are you talking about? And I said, what do you, what, same story as always. He goes, no, you didn't tell me at the time 10 years ago that they had already used all the pressers. And I said, I didn't. He goes, no. He goes, if you had told, you told me what the, st- what the situation was and I told you, get a surgeon. Fight for her, get a surgeon. If you had told me 10 years ago that they had already used all the pressers, I would have told you, let her go. I would have told you, I'm sorry, there's no possible way she can survive a surgery. I would have been aligned with the other doctors and said, what they're telling you is accurate. She's not going to be here tomorrow. That killed me. What are the chances that I would omit that part of the story to him when that's the same way I've been telling the story from before the event to 10 years, I would say they used all the pressers, so no doctor would come across town to do the surgery. Every doctor said she's going to pass, she's going to die. There's, you don't have any more pressers left. How can I cut her open? We have no way to keep her alive. I'm not even driving across town for this. And Dr. McDreamy says, that's why I'm freaked out right now. You never told me that part of the story. Quickly, Marcy said, that's a miracle. It's a miracle so. that God kept me, had me forget at that moment. To, I have said, I have never 
forgotten that part of the story ever, but I did on the phone with him. Yeah. And because I forgot, he charged ahead with, get a surgeon and let's do this. That was one. That was one really odd strain. And we didn't learn, we didn't even learn this until it's been 10 years. 10 years. And Dr. McDreamy looks at me and goes, you never told me that. Yeah, I know. So that was part of the new things. That's part of the, the story, the part of the podcast. It was an emotional journey. And, and after it was said and done, uh, Dr. McDreamy had to like calm me down. And yeah. I went and took a nap. And then uh, after I got up, uh, Dr. McDreamy and his wife took us to dinner. So, But before we move on from that, that was a point that he had. he just came to me and shook his head and said, you know, I never knew. I didn't know that he. The, what your point was, you didn't know how close to death you really were. You were literally in that in that part of it, a few words away. You were just a few words away from not being here. If I had said those five or six or eight words, it would have changed everything, and it just didn't happen. So when you talk about being close, there was many many things, and yet you got to listen to the podcast to get it. But that was just one where you sit back and go, "Holy shit! How did?" How did that work out? Mm-hmm. And again, Marcy calls them. It's another miracle that would happen. Anyway, yeah, we did go to dinner, and I felt stupid <laughs> for because we invited them to Tahoe Joe's, which yes. is a nice steakhouse. Yes, it is. Okay, they live in Reno. I know, just right by Tahoe. It's, like, yeah. it's right near Tahoe. How would you like to say, you know, you invite your friends over from Reno and you're like, would you like to sample some fine cuisine from Reno? <laughs> no, we well, live th- in Reno. I think they were a bit shocked. Sorry. That's three yawns. We're I'm going sorry. I'm like today. trying not to cry either. So is six and we're um, three. The other thing that was funny is usually this the steakhouse is really super busy yeah. and we like to sit in the bar. And so uh, Marcy had to get ready to go. And so we decided we'd hop over early, get our favorite spot in the bar. we have a corner with a big round yes. table that we like in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we walk in and it's quiet, like dead quiet in this place. And I was like, oh, I guess we really didn't have to rush over here no. <laughs> to get our spot. You know, but... it was funny when the bartender came up and he was he was very friendly. I forget oh his my name. Gosh, he but he was very friendly. He comes up and he goes, uh, he said, he goes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what are you having today? And I said really loud for the people that were yeah. there, I go, how did you just misgender me? You just misgendered <laughs> me, man. Now, I'm six foot one, 400 pounds with a big beard and long hair and I'm speaking in this voice. And he looks at me, he's like, I misgendered you? I said, yeah, man, you don't know. It was for the rest of the night, he called us ladies. ladies. And then when Dr. McDreamy and his wife finally showed up and sat down, he goes, he goes, hey, are you joining the ladies? And <laughs> Dr. McDreamy looks at me and goes, why did he just call you? And, 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 and I know he had this funny look on his face, but we were just, we went with it. We rolled with it. He was a good it. sport. He was a lot of fun. And, uh, and he was a good guy the whole night. And he really did take good care of us. It was fun, but when uh, it's kind of weird when you when you go to a dinner with your doctor. <laughs> I would think, yeah. When you order, you didn't didn't you even give pause to what? Oh uh, well, eating? I can tell you our story, uh, Marcy's and mine after yours. Well, it just I I we got there before they did. Right. So I thought, okay, I, I don't really want to drink tonight. I didn't want any Jack. I just wanted you know, just I was just kind of winding down a little bit. Just didn't feel like drinking. And I thought, he's going to show up. McDreamy's going to show up. He's going to want to have a drink with me, you know, raise a glass, say something poignant. And I thought, ah, just, uh, I'm not, I'll, uh, if he orders one, I'll order one. Ah. So I just got a Coke and some water and we're drinking. He shows up and it was kind of funny. He just ordered, you know, his his Coke or his 7-Up or whatever he did. No, no alcohol. And I thought, okay, so he didn't want to drink either. So I'm glad I didn't order because he didn't order. So at the next day we were talking about it and I said, I said, you know, I really wasn't sure what to do there because I really didn't feel like drinking, but I wanted to drink with you if you wanted to raise a glass. He goes, man, he goes, I walked in and saw that you didn't order a drink, so I didn't order a drink <laughs> because I didn't want to make you drink if you didn't want to drink. And, well, that's I said, that's what I was doing for you. I didn't want to drink. So he's like, so you're telling me we could have drank that night? And I go, well, yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> well, the other one was that having him there was uh, Marcy and I decided to have dessert. And they're really famous for their cheesecake. And yeah. Marcy and I had had a side conversation, and I was telling her, I go, oh, their cheesecake is amazing. She goes, well, I would like cheesecake. I will go, I want cheesecake, too. So we both ordered, and Dr. McDreamy goes, one or two? 
Like a question. No, he yeah, and then you said And I thought he meant like with his wife. Like, are we gonna share or should we get individual? That's who I thought he was talking to, but I found out the next day because that was the night I was hurting. He was talking to both of us. <laughs> he you, was talking to both of and us. He did it twice. He goes, yes. one or two. And you go, two. You just sounded it off. Yeah, it was so, like one for her, one for me. And, and we're so like, you guys talked a minute and the waiter was taking the order. And he yeah. goes, so are you guys splitting one or not? Yeah. Now, he already knew you were ordering two, but he tried to give you one more chance. Now, this is where he wasn't your friend. He was being no, your doctor. No, he was being his, our doctor. And both of us were like, no, we're having cheesecake. And guess who had bad nights that night? <laughs> this girl. I had a bad night because of the sugar count. The sugar causes me inflammation. He, That's one of the things we learned. He did not give a shit the next morning. He just looked at you, shook his head like, well, I warned you. That's I what he said. He goes, the next day, he goes, I did ask one or two. Yeah. Well, I didn't did, realize that he was. He did that with me. I looked at what to order, and I'm like, oh, I got to be careful. I got my I got my doctor sitting across <laughs> the table from me. He's like, I'm not sure what to order here. and you know. And it's really funny when that happens. You're right. You have to rethink it. Like, hmm, well, like what's going Dr. on? Well, Dreamy's got a poker face, so you oh, can't yeah, tell good. if he's like just sitting there enjoying the evening or if he's secretly scrutinizing Mental how notes. how you're cutting <laughs> your meat. <laughs> how he's going to talk to you the next day. <laughs> So I just winged it. I had, but I did have steak. I had some mashed potatoes and some greens. It was good stuff, and it was a great night. We, you know, we were there almost two hours just, just talking, talking yeah, and just. Ha- get, it was stuff. wonderful. Um, you know, then we came back to the house and sat in the living room for oh, another two hours. That's right, and we were just talking and talking. Oh my gosh, yeah, we had. I will a- tell you, um, we've we've had you know we've had friends over for twenty years. We've had very we have lots of people over, but occasionally somebody spends the night. They they're too drunk to go home or they're from out of town and they want to spend the night. But I will tell you that over, over those 20 years or so, it is the greatest compliment to me and to you. I know when our friends look comfortable in our house, when they can take off their shoes and lay down on a couch, they can help themselves through the kitchen to find stuff. And they're not asking, Oh, may I get a glass and may I have some wine? You know, you just go pop some stuff and do some things. It is the and, and and Dr. McDreamy reaffirmed that he just looks so comfortable being here, and it made me and, and I know you felt the same way, but it made us feel so good. That's the ultimate compliment is when you have a guest who looks like their family and fits yeah. right in. That's it was, a, nice. It was it, nice. It's a very nice affirmation that the house is welcoming and stuff. But I have to tell you, when they first arrived on uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, Marcy and I were standing in the kitchen and we, we said to Dr. Dreamy, where's the silverware? <laughs> we had oh, him check for of that thing. because of the drawers. You know, when you go to somebody's house, every house <laughs> is put together differently. And the last time he was here, he couldn't find the silverware drawer. And so because of my big family and because I've moved my kitchen a few times, I have silverware in two different drawers, two different drawers in my kitchen. And that was on a podcast previously. And so when we said Dr. McDreamy's coming back, there was people commenting, let's see if he remembers where the silverware well, is. Well, that was the thing. So Marcy goes, where are they? And he went to the first. I, he he hesitated for a minute, but he got it. It was pretty funny. He even knew where both was this time. I think he scoped it out because he knew you were going to call him out like, hey, are we all going to watch you wander around the kitchen looking it's, for silverware? That is just so funny. Ah, we got it, but it was funny. So huh. I got to tell you something. If you noticed the, the Gen Z kid, the kid and I are, are in a little bit of a tiff right now. Yes, I noticed. Um, I gotta tell you. I'm letting you, you guys like well, work on that relationship. Because I'm sick of him. Uh, I'm sick of him being lazy. And this is one thing we had. We had stuff in a storage unit. Not very much stuff, but it's like 150 bucks. And I'm like, dude, we have a place to put our stuff now. Let's take it down to our part of the shop, our part of the building. Just store it there. It's free. And just take, let's take the trailer, let's take the truck. It's right. not very much stuff. Let's load it up and do it. He goes, okay, okay, okay. I said, no, not okay, okay, okay. I'm giving you the month of December. You're off school. Your friends are off school. Pick a time. Grab a couple of your buddies, man. We'll get some pizza and we'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every few days I ask him, guess what? He made it all the way to January 1st, never did it. So along with that, he's got a PlayStation um, thing charged to one of my credit cards, 10 bucks a month. And I go, I'm not paying for this. I've been bugging him for a year. But now he's 18. I'm not paying it anymore. I said, you are going to give me the money. If you're not going to go cancel it, you're giving me the cash. So this type of thing, I and, and $30 here, $40 here on my credit card for gas. I go, what are you doing? He goes, oh, uh, 
yeah, the, my credit card was declined. My bank card was declined. There's a fraud alert on my card. So, Dad, I had to use yours. I added them all up. Since he turned 18, I've added all these things up. So yesterday or the day before, I said, look, man, all of November, all of December, I told you to cancel these things, quit using my credit card for stuff. I heard, I heard your stories. I said, and you're paying the storage. I handed him a bill for $412, and he read the list, and I went, that's all the stuff we've talked about that you always go, yeah, 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 I'll take care of it. Yeah, 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 I'll pay it. I said, go to the bank, take out the money, and bring it to me. I gave him the look like, or you don't live here anymore. So he got it. So today, he made a mistake. He's got one of his friends standing out front trying to load the trailer, trying to get the trailer loaded so he can go. He, he ain't going to do this again. He's not going to have a $400 bill at the end of next month. I said, you're going to pay that storage unit. should have been shut off. That storage unit should have been closed down. But you're lazy. You want to leave it in there? You pay it every month. So now, he, now we're hitting him in the pocketbook. Now he's taking me seriously. And now he's getting a hustle on. He's like calling up, canceling stuff, getting the, he's getting his friend over. He's like, look, man, come help me. We got to move some stuff out of storage. And it's not even that much stuff, but he's Johnny on now. When you hit, when you hit that kid in the pocketbook, all of a sudden he's standing at attention. So there's a little tension, but at least, you know, parenting wise, what I've done. It's fine. He's staying away from me. He hasn't said one thing about it. So I'm like, okay. I thought for sure he was going to run to you and go, mom. Mom, mom, tell nope. dad to back off oh, one more month, mom. I thought for sure he was you were going to come to me and say, "Okay, you got his attention. Let's let's give him one more." Mo-. I thought that's what was coming. No, no, the only thing that came to mind and he didn't say anything to me was his car. I mean, he needs his car done. He needs his car back. And I kept I think I said to you last yeah. night, I go, "When are you going to okay. get him to fix his car?" And to be fair, I have been, his, his problems are so simple on his car, and I'm trying to teach him things, yeah. simple things about batteries and about checking your fluids and stuff. And I had to force him to go get a battery for his car. Every three days, I said, hey, you want to work on your car? No, no, I'm meeting my friends online for some video games. And then he plays video games till one in the morning. Okay, I did it all the month of December. So this morning, funny you should bring this up. This morning I said, if you're not going to work on your car, I'm pushing it out in the street. Get it out of my driveway. I'm done. I've tried to offer to help you. And he's just like, yeah, 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 later. He does it all the time. I went, all right, dude. So now you owe me $412 because you're lazy. Now I'm going to push your car out in the street because you're lazy. If he, did, if he wants to be lazy, fine. But I'm not. And this is what I know you didn't didn't attack me too much on this, but you're, you get frustrated with him too. And you come to me a couple times, just go fix it. Cause you know, I can fix it in a minute. You're like, just fix it. No, I will not. I am standing my ground on this. That kid's going to fucking sink or swim on his own, on his own merit. I'm not doing but it. But I didn't do that this time. No, this time you were good. This, this I just time was asking like, the question, like, yeah. are we going to get this fixed? Because we have two cars that are just sitting in the, in the got, driveway. He, he bought my, my Dodge Daytona truck. Yes. It is a fucking cool truck, and it's super fast, and there's brand new wheels and tires ready to go. All he has to do is the brakes. All he has to do is put four, and I showed him, I will sit with you and do it. He took the rotors down and had them machined, put them back on. They've been sitting there so long, they're rusted again. I just, he's lazy. It's just, I'm going to put the wheels and tires on, push the truck out in the street too. He's just lazy about it. So I'm just, I'm telling him, I'm moving on, man. I got a life to live. I can't right. be having your shit just dangling over me all the time. But when it comes down to money, now now he's getting there, pushing his car in the street. Now he's starting to feel like, oh, shit, dad's kind of pushing me to the side here. He's getting it finally. Okay. But I promise you, there's a ton of people right now listening to this Generation S going, yeah, yeah, fuck that. Tell him to get his shit and get going. Yes, that's that's right. I'm at that point. <laughs> so um, I noticed that you found the squeegee that I put into our shower. I am so thankful you bought that. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank, I, yeah. I that's a good I thought thing. I was going to have to fight you to use it. What? Why? Well, because I wanted you to clean the glass after you showered every day so it didn't have watermarks and everything. That's what that's for. <laughs> I use it. Okay. I draw with soap my ideas. And now that you got me a squeegee, 
I before once I filled up the shower, I could I, that was done because you can't really wipe soap off of a, off of glass very well. It smears and it's wet. Now the soap doesn't it doesn't draw very well. Okay. But now that you got the squeegee, I can wash it off, squeegee it, and keep drawing. That's can, not what it's for. I thought you bought that for me so I could keep drawing. Oh I thought you were gosh. making my. No, my... dumbass. That's not what it's for. <laughs> you, you were inspiring me to do more, Oh, man. my gosh. What, do you think that was your own personal whiteboard? Yes, and I thought you had finally signed on and said, here's a squeegee. I'm on board. I'll help you out. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know you. I was supposed to use it at the end of the Do you see what show. I'm married to? <laughs> Unbelievable. You never, you didn't say it. You just left the squeegee in there, so I just saw Oh, it. next time I'll put a note attached to it. When to use and how to use. <laughs> oh, well, my you gosh. You at least told me, this is for the end of shower. Please wipe the glass clean. You didn't say that. I had no idea that's what it was for. All right, so. I just thought you bought me an eraser. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'll put a sponge in there. How's that? <laughs> no, because you need the squeegee to make it dry oh, again. Oh, my gosh. Come on, man. I know what I'm talking about here. So the other thing is is that I stayed away from my Gen X Talks emails because I was entertaining this weekend. And I go in there and people are emailing me asking, complaining about the podcast, the order of the podcast. What What do I okay. say to these people? That, what? Okay. You're messing around. No. Now listen. Oh, look at no, but <laughs> hold on. No, but I, do you notice I'm not starting with a three part apology? No, but there's going to be a but. Well, of course. I'm everything's I'm going waiting. along fine. Wait but. for the word. There it is. <laughs> um, okay, let me try to explain this. When you put up, let's say, let's say we on Spotify or Anchor or we put up uh, ten podcast. One through ten. Okay. And they're all in order and everything's going along smooth. You put one up a week or one up every, you know, eight days or whatever and you're fine. So let's say I look all of a sudden I'm looking at podcast number seven and I'm like, whoa. Um, I misspelled the word, let's say, in the description, or I put up the wrong link in the description, or, oh, I want to, that's the wrong title. I should have titled that something better. Okay. So you go into podcast number seven, and they're all in order, one through 10, and you make a change. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to change the spelling in here, and you hit save. In about an hour, two things happen. Spotify bumps that up to the top spot again oh above above 10. You're like, wait, it's number seven. Now it goes one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, seven. And you're like, why did you do that? And Spotify's like, I got on the I got on the help the chat help with them. And they're like, well, that's just what happens when you modify It's like a new podcast. They put it up as a new one. And then you know what the worst part is? They send it out to everybody. Oh my god. Hey, gosh. check out the new podcast from Gen X Talks. I didn't How do I explain that to people? I, I don't know. I went in there. And I'm going to have them send you an email. Thanks. Yeah, that'll help. I went in and I saw that there was some, I wanted the interviews moved around a little bit. And I, I did make some changes to the podcast. Uh-huh. And now the top 10 podcasted interviews are all jumbled backwards and wrong. Every bit of it's just messed up. So you're messing around. I was trying to improve something, and there now you'd actually have to calculate which order things are going to end up in as you're editing, so they all fall in places in the rest. Like playing Rubik's cube with the fucking podcast list because oh they God. won't let you move them around. It sounds like uh, the store, the Gen X Talk store, like I told it's, you. Okay, it's exactly like your store on uh, on the GoDaddy store yeah. on the Gen X Talks website. Yes, you have to plot out what you want in order. Because it's going to be in that. You can't move things around. I know. It's a mess. And if you want to fit something between two products, never going to happen. So that's why you're getting emails that people... Why? Well, I bet one of the emails you're getting is, why am I getting notifications for podcasts that have already been yeah. up? Oh, my gosh. That's ridiculous. Because it just does it. So I'm trying to leave it alone and just go, fuck, I hope people can just scroll. I'm hoping... It was one of the things when Calder was over doing the interview with the Coast Guard... I was explaining to him some stuff. He brought it up, and he goes, I just scroll through and see which ones I want to listen to. If it, you have different titles and different thumbnails, he goes, if there's something there that I don't, you know, I'm not interested in, I skip it. He goes, I don't really care about the numbers anyway. I, gotcha. I said, okay, so then I don't feel so bad. His idea was, like, take off all the numbers. Just leave it with titles. Who cares what order they're in? We'll listen to them when we want to listen to them. Well, I have something to tell you. I received a text message from one of our daughters last night. Uh, she watched the interview with Dr. McDreamy, the Fight Doctor podcast. Oh, she watched the video and version? And she said she thought it was great. 
She real. I was surprised she watched it. Your daughter, well, your millennial daughter. Which one? The one in it. San Diego or the one up north? Up north. Okay. I knew it wasn't the one here in town. The one here in town doesn't give a shit about anything we do at all. No, she, she did. She really watched it, though, huh? She did. Far out. She really, she really, really liked it. And I was like, huh? And she said she learned something with it. I'll tell you what, we you talk about learning. Now, the you, you everyone out there knows that we're starting to do interviews. Mm-hmm. And I've never conducted interviews before, so I'm I'm trying I'm struggling with learning. Sometimes I talk too much, sometimes I fumble around. This last one with the Coast Guide, Calder Keen, we just did that interview. That was one of the best interviews for me ever. I don't know whether I'm getting better guests as I go or I'm learning to be more fluent at it, but it was so informative. Yeah. And it flowed so well. Just like Dr. McDreamy's was was solid. I think this one was for for you know how it flowed and how the content was. It was great. The last two or three of the interviews have been stellar. Well, that's good. They, Maybe it's just a combination of both. Like you're getting into a rhythm, you know what to ask, you know how it is. But I also think it has something to do with the person that you're interviewing too. Like they're enthusiastic about their job or yeah. what they're doing. I think that means a lot too. They want to talk about and it. Doctor McDreamy was. Dr. McDreamy was like, come on, keep asking me, you know, and I was trying to make sure that I was asking the right things. Yeah. Uh, Calder with the Coast Guard guy, just, he just stared at me like, come on, anything Bring you it. got. And That's I did good. every question he had, a, he had a concise answer for. He didn't fumble around. It makes my job easier. So those interviews, for those of you who are just used to these podcasts where my wife kicks the shit out of me for an hour, these still drop every Friday, but we're sprinkling in some interviews um, w- with people, and we've got, I think we're up to eight. I've got ten done, and I think seven or eight are posted. Dr. McDreamy one, the Fight Doctor one was great. That Fight Doctor one for Las Vegas, the fight scene, the MMA stuff, his was great. The Coast Guard one was, you think that would be a boring, oh, the Coast Guard. I'm telling you, it was really That's good. good. That's really so good. So the, the interviews are coming along, and, and I'm sorry yeah. that the, the order of things is getting messed up, but I may just go through and erase all the numbers and just let people find it, find them as they find them. I think you should. Maybe that's a good idea. Um, so the end of this month is our uh, Gen X Talks three-year anniversary coming up, the end of January. Yeah. And I have something to ask you. You know, we're having that big bowling event on January 27th at the Red Rock Casino Bowling Alley in Vegas. And they send me an email um, saying if we wanted to expand or not. Um, don't know. What do you think? I think we're almost sold out, right? Yeah, we're almost sold out. Well, the problem is, is that if I buy, if I rent the ne- an additional room, mm-hmm. then we have to sell another fifty tickets to fill it. What if? And you're thinking, well, we're we still got a month to go. Maybe we really tell them. Well, what if I rent that room and only four more people buy tickets? That was dumb. I probably should have just told those four people, sorry, you didn't make the cut. Right. We're sticking with the one room. The other problem is, is that if you get 50 or 60 people in one room, and that's great. But if you put 50 or 60 people in a double room, it looks like nobody's there. I know, but they're going to cut it off because it's a fire code. So we have eight tickets left, I believe. Eight, eight tickets, tickets as is available. This, well, I, I just think we... I just can't afford to put out the money to do that and have okay. nobody show up. Well, I just wanted to throw it out there because I'm going to let them know to to let the other rooms go and that we're going to stick to our... If, uh, we, if we had a sponsor that said, hey, rent the room and try to get as many as you can, be fine. But uh, I can't do it with my money. I just okay. can't get there from here. That's all right. If you want information while we're talking about it, about our anniversary party in Vegas, um, we'll be in Vegas the end of this month. Um, we'll be around in the hotel. So if you wanted to yeah. catch up with us and find us... Tackle the general, whatever. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Better bring a uh, buy him truck. a buy him a oh buy him a drink. There we go. Okay. Well, because we will be around. You can reach yeah. me through email. You can reach me through Discord. Direct message all over the place. If you're in Vegas, we're going to be there four days. If you want to have lunch, you want to hang out in the yeah. afternoon in the bar. You don't have to buy a ticket to go. Just say, hey, where are you guys at today? In the in, around four o'clock. That yeah, will be probably at the sports book in Vegas, just hanging out. Yeah, you can just come on by and stop It'll and chill. Chat with the general. Everybody's been asking about just wanting to shake your hand, and there's an opportunity. We will be in Vegas from, uh, let's see, the 25th through the 29th of January. We will be in Vegas at the Red Rock. One rule anybody who wants to take a picture with me, shake my hand, I need a picture. I would like to, I save those to, 
I save every picture that anyone's taken because it's important to me. Absolutely. So listen, we do have some fan questions. We haven't done fan questions in a oh, long time. Oh, no. We have fan questions. I okay. won't bug you with a lot of them, but the most popular one is, did you really have a crush on Dr. McDreamy in high school? Oh, my gosh. Yes. It wasn't just high school. Yeah. We tell you this all the time is we went to school with him since kindergarten. So you're talking kindergarten, elementary school, junior high. I went through high school with him. Yes. You had a I, crush on him before high school? Oh, yeah. Okay, he was a dork looking before Doesn't high school. Doesn't matter. Oh, come on. He's adorable. All right. Well, that's, so, yes. they're asking if that's just something you say or if that was a real thing. It was, no, it was a real thing, but now he's a very, very dear friend. Yeah. He really is. Well, yeah, he, he missed his chance with you. <laughs> I got you now. Um, so the second question, uh, so I wrote okay. down four of these. They, oh, it's for me. You want um, to read that one? That one's for me. The How hard did you pursue Gen X mom? Well, I I didn't in school at all. No. Not even a little bit. But Not you, in school. You wouldn't have liked me anyway in school. You You were always a troublemaker. Yeah, that's attractive. It, you just got to know. I couldn't take you home to dad. No. no. <laughs> no, no dad no. would not have been approving. No. Um, I When I finally made the commitment in my head. You mean when your head popped out of your ass? Yeah. I heard. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I absolutely tried as hard as any living man could. You did. I did everything for you. I, I gave you. We remember we were we were far apart too. We weren't living close together when I finally started to. We pursue were in you. a long distance relationship. And I sent you a, a gas card. I yeah, paid for did. anything you wanted for your fuel. I sent you a small credit card where you could buy stuff for your needs for the week. Anytime I would send you massage gift certificates yes, once did. a month, so you could go into you, some of the nicer you wrote places. Me handwritten letters. In I did. I wrote five hundred. I think it was five hundred and fourteen handwritten letters. Yes. One every day and put it in the mail. Yes, he did. And that pissed your dad off. He got the mail, and there's these big envelopes with, uh, with you know, some stories in there for you. I did everything I could when, because um, it was a while before we could actually get together, and um, you you were living at home, and I did as much as I could for you. Yeah, you um, did. Every if you had a car repair, if I was a far away, I'd pay for that. I, I should have stayed the girlfriend. Damn it. You always say that. <laughs> yeah, once we got married, I quit buying you shit. It's like, nah, I got you now. Should have stayed the girlfriend. It's hindsight, you know. But, but that question was, how hard did you pursue it with, with every fiber of my being every day for probably 18 months until I just, I wanted to create an environment for you where you couldn't live without me anymore. You're like, he's too much a part of everything I'm doing. You I want, still do. You take care of I me. I do. Completely. I just kidding about it's quitting wonderful. when we got married, but that, you put me up on that pedestal. Yeah, sometimes that's tough because <laughs> I don't. I don't want to give you something. You're like, well, I'm up here on the pedestal, and I have what do you have mean? It. I have to come down? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't. Know. I don't understand what that means. Oh. So the next one's also for you. Did you ever wonder what it would be like without Jenik's mom if she didn't win her battle with leukemia? Yeah, I read that. Um, I'll tell you, at the time, I couldn't picture, I did not picture what it would be like to raise eight children and run a business without you in my world. I didn't, it never crossed my mind what's next. It, I never thought about it. Now, afterwards, I remember talking with one of our kids. I don't think I've even told you this story. I was sitting with one of our children. In fact, this this child came into our bedroom. I was sitting at my desk watching something on the computer, and we're having a conversation. It was right after you, your last treatments, and you were home. And uh, this child, and I won't say who it was, said, Dad, um, Mom's going to make it, right? And I said, yeah, she's in the clear. We're good. And this child said, "What what would we have done if Mom didn't make it? And I, I gave some, you know, standard reply. Well, it would have been bad, but we soldier on and come together as a family. But after that kid left the room, I started kind of daydreaming, letting myself go down that rabbit hole. And I got to tell you, and I, I know this is going to be a chicken shit, terrible answer. But I envisioned myself dying 
to go be with you. Even though we had children, you can't leave your children. Their mother just died. You can't, the dad can't die too. You'd be leaving all these children with no parents. I I know, I got it. Shut up. I understand that. Put it away. If that's what you're going to say, put it away. But I envisioned, I told you, rabbit hole of a daydream, envisioning taping a note to my shirt saying, I went to go find mom. Mm. Because I couldn't, when I started really thinking about it, I couldn't think about being without you. And of course, that's not what I would have done. But letting myself wander down that road, I don't think at at that stage I could have lived without you. I couldn't, Mm. it didn't make sense. When if you and I are a complete person and half of my complete person is gone, it didn't it it just nothing would make sense to me. And, you know, you did live and I didn't make that choice. And I would I would have made the right choice to be with my children. However, I will freely admit that the thought crossed my mind during that rabbit hole. I went down alone that I couldn't be without you. I just would have to, like, go find you wherever you went. I was going to go look for you. Well, I love you. I love you, too. So. All right. So the last um, question was, have you ever been offered sex for auto repairs? How come you only got one question and I got three? I don't know. I know the answer to this one. I'm your wife. I know these things. (laughs) Uh, Have I ever been offered sex for auto repairs? Haven't all mechanics (laughs) been offered sex? I think every mechanic at some point has been approached to like, you know, I'm, uh, I have no money and I need my car fixed and what can I do for you? Can't we, their famous phrases, can we, I don't have any money. Can we we, work something out? Yeah. Can we work something out? Yeah. So yes, many, 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 many times. Okay. So I've often said too, I've joked when someone says, oh, you know, I I need, I don't have any money. Can I get, can we work something out? I look back at the car and go, it's a lot of money. I don't th- I don't think you got enough in you to pay for that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, the the question was, have you ever been offered sex for auto repairs? Nobody asked, have you ever accepted sex for <laughs> auto repairs? So I've I know do- the answer to that one too. I've dodged that. Whoa. Well, only with you. <laughs> well, this, you know, you were single once. There I was. And no one asked me that question. No, they didn't. So they didn't ask and I'm not telling them. All know. right. So what is your car? You have to do a car story this week. What's your car story this week? You know, I was trying to think of one and something dumb popped in my mind. This really is that um, it doesn't make me look good. I will tell you right now, this does not it part of you. I've, I've never told you this story. I've never mentioned it to you ever. Part of you is going to go, well, that was a good thing to do. And part of you is going to go, yeah, you're a fucking, you're a fucking piece of shit. So uh, there was a guy at a dealership and he was a good friend of mine. And um, he was a family guy. You know, he had a wife and three kids, straight shooter. They had a good life. But his job was all he had. Mm-hmm. I mean, his wife was a stay-at-home mom. So he really worked hard as a mechanic to flag enough hours to get enough paycheck where she could stay home. And we were friends for a couple of years, and he really, really, this job was everything. If he lost a job, he'd lose his wife. Women wouldn't lose his wife. He'd lose his house. Family would be in turmoil. I mean, he was really just working hard with the one job gig, as we all were at the time. I'm not saying I was above that. I was absolutely in the same boat. Anyway, um, we got a new service manager who was a real asshole. And if you made a mistake on a car, which sometimes it happens, they're called comebacks. If you you do a, a job where there's one thing that you're supposed to repair or 11 things, you got to get it right. You give it back to the car. You give it back to the customer. The customer, if there's a problem, the customer comes back and complains. Those are called comebacks. And usually dealerships want to keep their comebacks under 5%. And they track mechanics individually. How is your comeback ratio? And if you're at like 10, 15, 20%, they fire you. Or if you do something big, you can get fired on one comeback. If you if you mess up something big, the service manager or the owner just come out and say, dude, I can't afford another one of those. You got to go. So uh, we, were at a, we were at a dealership, and this guy had very low comebacks. His, his comeback ratio at the time, I think, was 3%. And... Mine was like 1.9. I was under 2% because I really tried hard. And plus, I was you know paying a lot of attention to that comeback ratio back at the time. So this guy's a good mechanic. He's obviously a good mechanic, low comebacks, doesn't have any problems. One day, he calls me. He's out on a test drive, and he calls me, and he's crying. And I go, dude, did you get in an accident? He goes, no. Did you hit a hobo on the side of the road? He goes, no. 
I said, what happened? He goes, I just put a customer paid to have a brand new engine, a dealership crate motor put in a truck. I said, yeah, I saw you doing the job. So what? He goes, they're on the side of some of these engines, they have um, a little screw-in plug in different places. And normally, they're always sealed, but he had to take one out and insert an oil pressure gauge, check for pressure, and when he put the plug back in, he didn't tighten it. So as he's going down the road, this th- on the test drive, this plug works its way out, falls out on the road someplace, and shoots out all the oil and blows the motor. <gasps> Oh, no. Now he's calling on the side of the road. He goes, I'm going to get fired. That new service manager is an asshole. I'm going to get fired. He goes, I don't even know what to do. I said, well, did you call a tow truck? Did you do? He goes, I didn't call anybody for anything. He goes, I called you. He goes, and he's crying. He goes, I don't know what to do. Because he, and it's true. He would have got fired that second. The first service manager said, yeah, you fucked up. You should have tightened that. You tightened your oil galley plug. So I said, where are you? He tells me, I said, just don't call anybody else and stay right there. So I went in my toolbox, and I had some of those plugs off of used engines. I grabbed one, and I grabbed the tool to put it in, and I grabbed five quarts of oil, and I drove to where he was, and he was a wreck. On the, he's sitting on the curb with his hazards on, and I said, just sit there. So I put the oil plug back in, the one I had, and I filled it up with oil, checked it right to the top, and, uh, and then I said, um, start it up. And it was just banging away. Motor was junk. He just fried it. So I said, all right, so we're going to call a tow truck and get it back to the shop, you know. And, and you can call a tow truck as a mechanic, or you can have your service rider do it. it. It wasn't suspicious to just call one of the wreckers for the dealership. So I called up a guy I knew who did those things. I said, hey, just bring it back. But when you do, come in the back gate, park it right here by this building, and leave it. Well, you know, it was a typical spot. But... We got it back to the dealership, and we pressure washed off the engine of all the oil that had been exploded. And uh, eventually, the service manager comes out and says, what's going on with that truck? And didn't she? And he goes, oh, yeah, the other, we put a brand new motor in it, and the new motor blew up. And that's what the guy told the service manager. The service manager didn't believe him. He's like, nah. He goes, uh, you're full of shit. You did something here. He goes, I don't know what you did, but I'm going to figure it out. You know, he wanted to know where the test drive was because service manager was not stupid. If the guy had told him where he drove it, he would have seen the big puddle of oil, you know, a mile right. away. He would have said, well, I drove down this street, that street. Yeah. The service manager was such an asshole. He would have followed along and found it. So I had already told him, I said, don't tell him where you went. You tell him you went on the freeway and we got it towed back, you know, from this location. The, the lucky thing was the tow truck driver was on board with us as a friend and he wrote down a different spot where he picked it up. Because the service manager went and looked at the pickup location, and it was like, you know, a block away. And like I told you, call a friend. Call yeah. a friend. Yeah. And uh, then the, the service manager comes to me because I was a lead tech at that time. He's like, yeah, so tell me what happened with this guy over here. He's totally fucking this thing up. I said, no, he even called me. I went out there. You know, I tried to, you know, see what was going on. He wanted to double check. He was working. He, he asked me as the lead check to double check the stuff. So I did. We had it towed in. I looked at it close when we got here. I said, a brand new engine just fucking quit. He goes, have you ever heard of a brand new crate engine from the factory failing? And I said, well, I've heard of it. He goes, have you ever installed one that went bad? I go, yeah, it's the first time for anything. And he's leaning into me going, he wanted me to rat this guy out. He's like, just fucking be honest here. Yeah. And I had a choice to be honest. And tell the truth, guy made a mistake, or to lie and help my buddy cover up so he could keep his job. He's a good mechanic. He made one mistake. But see, that's where I was in the the conundrum was like, I would have totally told the truth and let the guy live up to his mistake and the consequences. That's fine. But I knew he was going to get fired, and I didn't think that was fair. If I thought the service manager was going to be fair about it and say, all right, you left the bolt loose, and we'll, we'll, we'll move on past this. It, it happens. If you're going to, I will, I will treat the situation fairly if the service manager was going to judge the situation yeah, fairly. Yeah, understood. So just so you know, and I've never told you the story, I, I lied. I, the guy kept his job and kept his family and kept his good. stuff. And uh, he was uh, he stayed a technician, did a good job. He was always a good guy and a good mechanic. And the, the 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 engine got sent back to the warranty program, and I'm sure some company had to pay you know 
$2,000 for the engine, the manufacturer where they got it from. Sorry, sorry that I had to screw some company out of two grand that was, you know, I don't even know where they were. I don't even care. You know, but my buddy kept his job and did the right thing. So I don't know if that really counts as a mechanic story. I think it does. But and now there's probably there's half the audience is probably going good job man that was what I would have done and there's probably half of them going I'm fucking never listening to you again because you're obviously a liar <laughs> and a cheat well fuck off he was my friend and I wasn't gonna get to let him treat it unfairly exactly so does that count yes <laughs> it counts it definitely counts all right well, definitely there you go so without looking wait we're done already I mean it's been how long do you think. And you're um, only three yawns on your over and under six. Well, I thought you were going to get over six. Fifty-six today. minutes. Fifty-eight. Wow, but I'm. It's an hour. It's already? been an hour. Yeah. Oh it's my been goodness! All right. So that was. Uh, I don't know. First I, podcast of 2024. Yeah, the first podcast of 2024. Done. Now in the um, can. Now I'm. Should I leave it up there because I have other interviews to post? What do I do here? You always post this one. This one goes first. Always. 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 No matter what. No matter what. All right. Man. Well, <laughs> I'm just saying. You I'm made very, me choose? I'm very confused. Okay, I'm going to go order lunch now. Wait, no, I got it done. And I, you nope, said. Nope, I'm going to go order lunch now. Wait, wait. You said at the beginning of the podcast, if I didn't get it in a minute, we, we were running in a minute. I don't know. So why does it, why do you get your way if you don't know? I think that's bullshit. Because I'm the one up on the pedestal. Because look, oh I'm cute. God. I you get by. Are, you are cute. But oh my God. You know what really is bad? The bad news is Two Bears got to buy donuts for the whole dealership. Because Only this, if you get it done. And I'll have it done. There's no editing. We did great. I All think right. we did in good shape. So All right. say goodnight, Gracie. Good night. Thank you it. for listening to us. Hey, so I'm out of here. I got to go. Um, listen. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. Not sure where you're tuning in or listening from around the world. AM, FM, Sirius XM, or perhaps on the Armed Service Radio Network. Remember two things. Wherever you go, there you are. And we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Bye.